The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Many of Jesus' disciples who were listening said, This saying is hard. Who can accept it? Since Jesus knew that his disciples were murmuring about this, he said to them, Does this shock you? What if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life while the flesh is of no avail. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and life, but there are some of you who do not believe. Jesus knew from the beginning the ones who would not believe and the one who would betray him. And he said, For this reason I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by my Father. As a result of this, many of his disciples returned to their former way of life and no longer accompanied him. Jesus then said to the twelve, Do you also want to leave? Simon Peter answered him, Master, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and are convinced that you are the Holy One of God. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Be seated. Here we go. Ready? Put your hands up. Come on. Let's go. All right. Now is the time. Now is the time. Let's, let's go. Let's go. I tell you, the last year and a half, We've had to do what we got to do. We've had to survive, but praise God, he has held us together as a Trinity family. Amen? Amen. But now's the time. What time is it? It's game time. <laughs> Ready? What time is it? It's game time. <laughs> we got to get back together as a church. We got to get back to being the church. We cannot have anybody on the sidelines. Everybody has got to get back into the game. What time is it? It's game time! Because what else is there? What else is there? In all of life, what else is there than our Lord and our God, Jesus Christ? That's what Peter was talking about. What else is there, Lord? Whom sh to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We've come to believe. We're convinced that you are the Holy One of God. But you heard what I read, many were walking away. Many disciples. It means that people who had been following Jesus up to this point walked away that day. That's kind of scary. So Jesus turns to his 12 closest friends and says, are you going to leave? Jesus turns to us today. He's looking you and me into the eyes. He's looking into our hearts and he says, are you going to leave me? Because you and I both know people still walk away from Jesus. What Jesus proposes to uh, is, is, is difficult, right? I mean, it's, it's hard. It, for many people, it's just hard to accept what Jesus says. For some, you know, maybe they've got a scientific mind and they're like, you know, science and faith, I don't know how that works together. They are not a contradiction, by the way. But I know it's tough. Or sometimes it's just simply the fact that what Jesus says is too demanding and they walk away. It breaks my heart. It breaks his heart. 
But what's really got me concerned these days, not people deliberately walking away, it's people fading away. This pandemic has not just infected us with a virus, it's infected us with apathy and indifference. People have just gotten out of the habit. They've gotten out of the discipline. They haven't come to receive Holy Communion or maybe just, you know, a handful of times here and there. And I, I, when I reach out to them and I ask, you know, hey, how's it going? Oh, yeah, it's going pretty good. They, they, they're fine, right? They think they're fine. They think they're just doing okay, right? And I say, oh, you know, we haven't seen your church. Oh, I know, Pastor. I, I know I should. But, but, you know, Pastor, you know. And whatever excuse. I'm like, no, I, I don't know. I don't know. What else is there? Let me put it this way. If I could promise you this, you wouldn't have any gray hairs or hair that falls out, no wrinkles, that your muscles wouldn't be just fit and toned, you would be ripped. You have no memory loss, no hearing loss, no visual loss. You, you, you'd be at your peak and at your prime all the time. You, I can give all of that to you, but here's what you gotta do. You gotta come once a week for an hour-long treatment. Dude, sign me up. I'm in. I want to look like that. This place would be packed and then some. Now, hopefully we all know this. I hope we know this. There is a whole lot more to being a Christian than showing up one hour a week for church. But it is essential. This is essential to your Christian life. It's not optional. People say, oh, you know, yeah, I believe. I don't need to go to church. Mm Mm-mm. If you've been listening to what Jesus has said over the last several weeks in, in John 6, I mean, he puts the exclamation point on it last week. He said, whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. We're not talking about an earthly makeover so we all look good. No, no. What Jesus is promising to us is an eternal makeover. Pastor Schoenhorn said last week, you know, St. Ignatius of Antioch coined the term the medicine of immortality, that on the last day, Jesus is going to raise you up, body and soul. You are going to be in your prime forever. And the opposite's also true, says Jesus. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. No life. Dying, fading, rotting. But it's more than that. We, we come for more than just the bennies, right? Oh, yeah, you know, fountain of youth, I'll take that. Sure, no, that's great. Here's the best part. Jesus says, if you eat my flesh and you drink my blood, I remain in you and you remain in me. We come ultimately because we love Jesus and because we want to have this intimate union and connection with him. Week after week, we want to remain in him and he remains in us. He's putting the question before us once again today. Will you leave me or will you remain with me? Will you walk away from me or are you going to walk with me? Those of us who are married and leading our families, go back, if you get a chance this week, and read the first two readings again. Joshua 24, Ephesians 5. In fact, get together as a family, read through them, and have a discussion. What's it going to be in this house? Is it going to be about Jesus, or is it going to be about something else? And don't just say, oh yeah, it's going to be about Jesus. No, no. 
Ask yourself, how are we prioritizing our time, our money, everything? Is it going to be about Jesus as our first priority or not? What else is there? Every one of us, every single person here has to answer. Are we going to leave him or are we going to abide with him? Every one of us. Don't think to yourself for one minute, Christianity is a do-it-yourself religion. If you say, oh, I want Jesus, don't they? Oh, yeah, but I can just do that on my own, on my own time. No. No. If you want to have the words of eternal life, and you want to have the bread of life, if you want to have the holy word and the sacraments, that only happens here gathered in the Holy Eucharist. It only happens when your flesh and blood and my flesh and blood and everybody else's flesh and blood gathers together to receive the flesh and blood of Jesus. What else is there? And this is why, friends, as a Trinity family, we have four core commitments, but the first one and the most important one, the most important thing that we do in this place, and there's a lot going on, right, teachers? The most important thing we do in this place is that we are committed to the weekly Eucharist, not occasional, as it fits my schedule, weekly Eucharist, first priority. And so I'm going to put two challenges before you today. Here's the first one. Recommit yourself to the weekly Eucharist right now. And if you say to yourself, I'm already doing that, Pastor. I'm here every week. Awesome. Would you please help somebody else get there? Help them in their commitment. Encourage them. Because here's what we're going to do this year. This is our theme. Ready? Get in the huddle. Come on. Huddle up. We're going to huddle up. I want you to listen to our theme verse. Let us consider how to motivate one another to love and good works, not neglecting to gather together. Huddle up, as is the habit of some. But encouraging one another and all the more as you see that day drawing near. We're going to huddle up. What happens in a huddle? Well, the first thing happens is you get a break, right? You kind of catch your breath, maybe grab some refreshment. I went to a high school football game the other night. Poor kids, cheerleaders and the football players. I mean, it was hot. You know, they took the time out and somebody's throwing them a Gatorade bottle. I don't know about you, but as I go through week after week, I'm not just physically exhausted. I get to the end of my week, I am spiritually exhausted. I got to catch my breath. I got to catch the breath. I got to catch the spirit again. I need the refreshment that only Jesus, the living water, can give to me. How am I supposed to play the game if I'm spiritually dehydrated and exhausted and starving? Second thing that happens in a huddle is you make a plan, right? What's going to be our next play? What's, what's going to be our next move as we go back out there? The point of the huddle is we're not here just to sort of stay in the huddle. We're not circling the wagons. No, you get into the huddle to get back out there, to go back out there into the field, onto the position, into the place where God has put each and every one of you, which is different. But it's your house, in your neighborhood, in your workplace, in your school. Go out there and make the plays. As we gather together, what we do is we talk about and we think about and we pray about what's the next move Jesus wants us to make this week and in the days ahead. Here's the third thing. When you're in the huddle, you're a team. We're in this together. 
And as our passage said, it's in the huddle that you motivate and you encourage each other. You get each other fired up. Come on, let's go. We can do this. We're going to win. There's a lot of motivations in life. There's bad ones, there's good ones. But by far the best motivation of all, and I think this is pretty obvious, of course, is love. Is it not? I do this because I love the one that I'm doing it for. And all we got to do is look at that cross. I mean, why did he do that? Why did he suffer and die? Because he loves us with infinite love. And so we want to honor him, and we want to serve others because we love him in return. We gather together in the huddle. We want to spur each other on, it says. We want to motivate each other to love and good works, and we do that by reminding each other in the huddle constantly of this great love. And we've got to be reminded, because though we know it, we often forget it, or we don't let it sink in here, into our hearts. So we motivate each other in the huddle, and we encourage each other. Think of that word. We put courage into each other. I bet you every one of us here has had a coach, or teacher, or a boss, or maybe a parent, or a spouse, or a fellow Christian who has ripped into you. I mean, they have just spewed garbage all over you. They've made you feel like garbage, like you're about this big. How did that go? Did that encourage you and motivate you? I bet you, I hope, you've also had some of that, one of those same kind of people speak into your heart, tell you they believe in you, encourage you, build you up. It's all the difference in the world, isn't it? Absolutely. We have the privilege, being the family of God, of encouraging each other. We're not alone. We all get defeated and deflated and distracted, but we're here to encourage each other. A few weeks ago, our team was on retreat, and uh, we do that every year to get ready for the new ministry season, and we made a promise to each other. We said we will not we will not speak ill of each other. We will only build each other up. I want to invite all of you into that right now. I'm, at, I'm challenging you with two things today. Number one, weekly Eucharist. Second thing, no tearing down, only building up. No gossip, no negativity, no criticizing. I mean, there's a difference between critiquing and criticizing isn't there. Critiquing builds up. Criticizing just tears everything down. No tearing down, only building up. Think about this. What happens to us this year, friends, if we just do those two things? We just, we're here every week for the Eucharist, and we encourage one another. Oh, it's going to be a great year. It's going to be an awesome year. Are you in? Thank you for that. Ready? Let's do that one more time. Are you in? Amen. Then let's huddle up. Let's gather Let's motivate. Let's encourage. What time is it? Game time. Huh.